On Sunday nights, we've been moving through the book of Proverbs. We have been hearing and we've been receiving God's wisdom. We started, if you can believe it, in May of 2018. Uh, that means we have been in this study for over five years. Uh, I, when I was in seminary, I remember one of the professors in our contemporary preaching class said, uh, the longest series that you should do should be seven weeks uh, because people will lose interest in it. Well, we topped that. I wasn't listening that day, evidently. We did uh, take some breaks in there over that time. We once took some time off to see the non-wisdom of Calvinism. Uh, we took some other breaks as well. For the most part, this has been our endeavor on Sunday nights. Uh, to put that in perspective for me, when we started this, Sarah Jo had just finished uh, her sophomore year in high school, and she's now in her senior year of college. And so it's been quite the experience. It's been quite the run and as we wrap it up, as we begin to wrap it up, uh, as we wind up this study, uh, we're actually going to wind it up tonight. There are three questions. Now, there are many other questions, at least three questions, but there have been three questions that have been clearly answered in our study. Now, there are three questions that as we've gone through this time together, through this study together, they have been settled, they have been fixed, and they have been anchored in concrete. Now, the questions uh, are these. Here, here are the questions. First question is this, what is the value of wisdom? What is the value of wisdom? The second question, what is the result of wisdom? What is the result of wisdom? And the third question, what should be our response to wisdom? Let me go ahead and just give you the answers tonight as we begin. For the first question, what is the value of wisdom? In our study, we have seen that it is actually immeasurable. It is incalculable. It is immense, uh, the value of wisdom. Now, where the world has given value to all sorts of silly ideas, uh, so all, all sorts of silly concepts, we have learned and we have seen the value of true godly wisdom. So what is the value of wisdom? We have learned it is immeasurable. Second question, what is the result of wisdom? What is the result of wisdom? In our study, we have seen this. The result of wisdom is success. It is success. It is happiness. Uh, it is peace. It is a lack of trouble, a lack of chaos, a lack of drama in your life. God has actually made it clear to us in our study, this is truly, his word is truly the best way to live. And if we will learn it, if we will take it in, if we will practice it, if we will defer to it, if that'll be the standard of our life, here's what the Bible tells us, success will follow. Happiness, peace will follow. Then that brings us to the third question. So, what should our response to wisdom be? What should our response be to wisdom? And that becomes very simple for us. Get it. Grab it. Consume it. Use it. Know it. Share it. Uh, the Bible says when we study Proverbs, and when you're getting, and all of your getting, get wisdom. And so, when we know these truths about wisdom... Uh, our response to, to wisdom would be to get it, to take it in. And God in his wisdom and in his grace has made those three things plain to us, at least those 
three things plain to us in our study. Now, here's the question. Here we are wrapping it up. The question then is this, well, will we? Will we do that? Will we take in godly wisdom? Will we continue to search out godly wisdom? Will we stand and practice and apply godly wisdom? That begins to be the question. Now the study is concluding. We'll walk out of here this evening. The question is, will we practice, stand on godly wisdom? Well, to help us in that process, to remind us of that, to bring all of this together, the 31st chapter of Proverbs ends with a poem. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. As we wrap all of that up to remind us of the truths that we have learned, the 31st chapter of Proverbs ends with a poem. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you this poem has been misunderstood many times. It has been misapplied often, and it has often resulted in hurt feelings and actual discouragement. Well, tonight... Uh, we're going to walk through it. We're going to try to set that right in our understanding uh, tonight. Tonight, our poem has 22 verses. It is an acrostic, which means each verse begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The poem that we're talking about, uh, in my translation of the Bible, the heading says, A Worthy Woman. And that's what oftentimes this is referred to. Sometimes it is called, or she is called, a Proverbs 31 woman. Sometimes it is called a Proverbs 31 wife. Uh, it is most often mostly held up as a model for women or especially for wives to achieve. And I think most of the times uh, we study these verses, if we try to study these verses, that is how it is, has been applied. Uh, I believe, and I, I truly believe this, many are the women who felt inept or maybe defeated by this perfect standard being held up. Now, I remember uh, as a young preacher, 34 years old, uh, one of the first times I decided to preach on this was a Mother's Day, and I think that's when a lot of folks pull out these verses and preach on them. And I remember talking to some of the women, some of the wives, and thinking, wow, what a great sermon. And they were saying, well, we're really not that encouraged by that. We, we see this perfect standard, we hear this perfect woman, and we're saying, well, I don't do that, well, I don't do that, well, I don't have time for that, I'm not able to do that. Instead of walking out saying, what a great message, they walk out feeling defeated. I think that is what has happened many times when we hold this up in that light. Understand tonight, that is not the intent of this poem. That is not the intent of this closing section of the book of Proverbs. Well, the question then becomes, so what is the intent? What is its intent? Here it is, closing out this book. What is its intent? Here we go. See this. All through Proverbs, and, and maybe you notice this. I hope you notice this. Wisdom is talked about, or it is referred to as a woman. Have you noticed that? She does this, she does these things. Wisdom does these things, and she is referred to as a woman. And so many times we see that across this study. Maybe you have noticed that. Well, as the book of wisdom is the accumulation of wisdom, and if we were to put all of that wisdom together, and if we were to live it out, to apply it in a life, 
it would look like this woman. And so here we are, we're bringing it together. If you were to take all the wisdom that we have accumulated, that we have passed through, if we were to put that together, that wisdom would look like this woman. And so here's what I want you to see tonight. This section, it is for all people to consider. It is for all people to imitate. It is for all people to hold as a standard. Now you sit there and say, well, is it for women? Yes, it is for women. Is it for wives? Yes, it is for wives. But understand at the same time, it is also for men. It's also to be applied, uh, imitated by men as well. Now I also want you to see this, and here's another uh, wrinkle to it. For those men, if you see the section of the 31st chapter, for those men who are looking for a wife, that's, that's really in the exact context what we see here. For those men looking for a wife, you have two things that come out of this poem. The first thing is this, you be this person. I think we've missed that a whole lot of times. If this is what the expression of wisdom looks like, then you ought to be that person. So the first thing, if you're a man looking for a spouse, you need to be this person. Second thing is this, we're to look for this person. We're to look for a person of godly wisdom. Now, we can flip that around. If you're a wife looking for a husband, the first thing we take out of this, this is the standard. This is the expression of wisdom. And so you ought to be this person. When you see this, you ought to be this person. The second thing is this, you ought to look for this person. Now, there's a whole sermon right there. And if it hadn't been five and a half years, I'd go ahead and preach that sermon as well. But how many times when we're looking for people to marry, when we're looking for people to have as close associates, when we're looking for people to do business with, do we say, you know what, my criteria is that they would be a godly, wise person. And that's what it's saying. First of all, you be that person, but as you're out in life, as you're looking for a spouse, as you're looking for your dear friends, as you're looking for those that you're going to closely associate with, the standard is you want a person of godly wisdom. All right, let's look at the poem. We're going to go by, through it verse by verse. Starting in verse 10. An excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. Now that word excellent, that's a, that is a great word, excellent. You think of all the words you could use, excellent. It means exceeding, standing above all the rest. This wife of excellence, he says, who can find her worth is far above jewels. Now remember the question, what is wisdom worth? All through this study, I've been saying this. This is the best way to live. I've been saying that all the way through this study. This is God's word, God's truth, God's wisdom. It, it is, it is the, the best way to live. And so therefore, as we have been taking it in, as we've been studying it on Sunday night, I've said it a bunch of times, this is the best thing you could do. And I, I stand with that five and a half years later, this is the best thing that you could have done on Sunday nights. Listen, you could have watched TV, a whole lot of folks do. You could have watched the, the second round of NFL games, there's a whole lot of folks that are. You could have filled your mind with statistics, who ran this and who did this. You could have stared at your phone for another two hours. You could have filled your mind with mind-numbing things. But I want to tell you, the most awesome thing 
is that we would have taken in the wisdom of God. Excellence is found in taking in the wisdom of God. Verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. The heart of wisdom's husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Let me, let me paraphrase this. Godly wisdom results in right priorities, which lead to right actions, which leads to success, which over time leads to trust. Now, I want to say that again. That's a, that's a pretty awesome statement there. Now, we have learned that wisdom, having wisdom leads to having right priorities. Having right priorities leads to having right actions. Having right actions, that's going to lead to success. And when you have success, and when you have success, when you make the right decision and have success, and you do that over time, it leads to trust. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Here, here's the truth of the 12th verse. Listen to this. Following wisdom, using godly wisdom, listen to me, will never be bad. It'll never be bad. And, and using God, godly wisdom, it's not a question. It's not an issue. Well, what about this slippery situation? What about this gray situation? Using godly wisdom Turning to godly wisdom, it will never be bad. Verse 13. She looks for wool and flax and her hands and her works with her hands in delight. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. Godly wisdom knows the value of work. Godly wisdom knows the result of work. And so is delighted to work is glad to work. Now, what a perspective that is. Godly wisdom knows, you know what? There's a value in work. Godly wisdom knows there's a result in working. It always pays off. And so what a perspective it is to be glad to go to work. You know what? There's a payoff that's coming. You know what? Work produces results. And so I'm not bitter about work. I'm not complaining about work. When I go to work, I know it's in the will of God. I know it blesses my God. And so I'm delighted to go to work. How many times do we see that in this study? How many times is that missing do we see in our culture today? Verse 14. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Here's what that verse means. Wisdom plans. Wisdom considers. Wisdom takes care of business. If there's a drought over here, if it doesn't rain for a while, you know what? It's okay because I've gone somewhere else and I've taken care of it and I've got our supply secured for us. Wisdom plans. Wisdom considers. Takes care of business. Verse 15. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household. Verse 15, wisdom is diligent. Wisdom is prepared. Wisdom, operating in wisdom, blesses 
and cares for other. In that exact verse, the family's taken care of because this person exercising wisdom. The household is taken care of because of this person exercising wisdom. I want you to think about just one subject. So many things. I want you to think about just one subject. The subject of procrastination. Waiting till the end. Waiting until it is too late or missing the optimal time. Wisdom in wisdom avoids that. That's just one example we see here. Wisdom in wisdom avoids that. There's an optimal time. And so you know what? Get to it. Take care of business. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Wisdom has a strategy. Wisdom is smart. Wisdom plans for the future. In this example, wisdom doesn't waste resources on things that are not going to bear a return. You know what? I can take this profit and I can go out and I can spend that on a bunch of silly things. I can use it up on things that aren't going to amount to hill of beans. Or I can take these resources and I can use them on things that produce a return, a result. That's what wisdom does. Verse 17. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Here's what wisdom does. Wisdom builds up strengthening the individual. Wisdom prepares the individual. And so when, when things happen, when the unexpected comes, when it gets tough, instead of being flimsy, instead of being unsteady, wisdom is strong. Wisdom is grounded. Verse 18. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. Wisdom sees the value of operating in wisdom. Wisdom sees the value of steadfastness. Now, for this particular example, in this culture, in fact, most cultures up until the recent time, when it got dark, it was over. When it got dark, things would stop. The work would stop. They would shut down everything, and they would go to bed. There's no light to see. And so they would cease their labors in all these cultures up till the recent history, and they would go to bed. Well, wisdom here sets the example of going above and beyond. You know what? If this much is good, then this much is better. If I can prepare to this extent, you know what? It's better to prepare to a greater extent. And so wisdom goes above and beyond. It keeps the light going. It lights a light and keeps on going, pressing on, doing the extra thing. Verse 19. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand grasps the spindle. Now, those are parts of the loom. It means that wisdom works. Wisdom prepares, is diligent in planning ahead. Now, it's funny. When we went through the whole study of, of Proverbs, we kept saying, man, isn't this repetitious? Doesn't this just keep coming up? In just this poem, isn't it again repetitious? Don't we see the trends uh, keep occurring. Verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Watch this in verse 20. Godly wisdom does not lead us to be self-centered. 
Godly wisdom does not lead us to be self-focused or self-serving. Godly wisdom sees the plight of others and serves the poor, takes care of others. That's what godly wisdom does. Watch this. Godly wisdom, from the example of the verse, is compassionate. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. Think about the, con the contrast in godly wisdom and the world's wisdom. Here's what the world's wisdom says. The world's wisdom says, serve yourself. Serve number one. It's all about you. Get yours. Build your empire. Build your kingdom. Don't worry about others. That's what the world would say. You're going to get pulled apart. You're going to get distracted if you're compassionate. Godly wisdom is compassionate. Verse 21. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. Wisdom is prepared because wisdom has led this person to be diligent. Now, I want to see something in verse 21. It's not just getting by. And so when you read the verse, it doesn't say wisdom's not scared of the cold winter months because wisdom has a heavy burlap coat. It's not what it says. It says it's clothed in scarlet. Wisdom is wearing a polo puff jacket when winter comes. It's taking care of business, has done the things. And so we're not scraping by, we're not scrambling. Maybe we can get something to put on. We've done it right. And so we're going in style. Verse 22. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Same idea, verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land, this is really the centerpiece verse. It works down to it and then begins to work back out of it. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Here's what verse 23 tells us. Wisdom brings honor to people. There is respect and there is honor given to a person who isn't helter-skelter in their life, who's not disheveled in their life, but they are calm and they are prepared, and they are considerate, and they've used godly wisdom. When people see that, they respect that, and they honor that. They're honored at the city gates. That is the truth. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. I like that verse. She doesn't have to worry. Now, that person using godly wisdom, they're not, they're not upset by the future. They actually smile anticipating the future. How often does a lack of planning and a lack of preparation and a lack of work make it where we dread the future? You know what? I've got this coming up, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, and I can't get it all done, and this is terrible, and I don't know how I'm going to endure it. And most of the time, it's a lack of planning, a lack of preparation, and a lack of work. If you've operated in godly wisdom, when the future comes, you can smile and anticipate in gladness. That's what the verse says, verse 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Pretty interesting thing in verse 26. Wisdom builds up others. Wisdom sees the wisdom in passing on wisdom. And that's a pretty 
profound thing in our day. Wisdom sees the benefit, sees the wisdom in passing on wisdom to others. You know this, but the lack of wisdom in our culture today is killing us. And, I, and you can say whatever you want to say, common sense, godly wisdom, morality, whatever you want to say, but it basically boils down to a lack of godly wisdom. Our world that is lacking godly wisdom, it's killing us. And the world will keep saying, do what you got to do, take care of you, when godly wisdom says there's a benefit in spreading godly wisdom. There's a benefit in our culture if we'll teach others godly wisdom. Verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Verse 28, her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, I'm going to read verse 29 all the way to the end. Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Excellence. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is empty. It's vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Maybe the greatest product of godly wisdom is fearing the Lord. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gate. Go back to the three questions. What is the value of wisdom? What is the result of wisdom? What should be our response to wisdom? Our poem answers all those questions. What's the value in having godly wisdom? What is the result? It tells us very clearly of having godly wisdom. What should be our response then? Get wisdom. Remember when we started, and it happened several times, we saw in Proverbs that there are many discussions about the fool. And it says, it says many times, don't be a fool, don't be foolish. There's many discussions. And when you read some of those, it seems harsh. And I, I want us to remember tonight the definition of a fool. It's not ignorant. An ignorant person does not know. It's not dumb. A dumb person is ignorant. A fool, we have learned in the course of this study, is one who knows and chooses to do otherwise. Here is what God has said. Here is what God has trained us. Here is what God has blessed us with, his instruction. A fool is one who knows and who will not heed the truth that they know. 31 chapters, five plus years, we now know. God help us to not be foolish. God help us to not be foolish. God help us not to backslide and forget God's wisdom is available to us. God, help us to, to consume it. God, help us to plan to live it out. And I'm going to say it one more time as we close this study, as we close this book. Listen to me, friend. This truly is the best way to live. Truly is the best way to live. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. Let's pray. During Father, we come, and I'm thankful for your truth, and I'm thankful that you care about us, that you love us, and that you instruct us. And yes, we have the way of salvation in Jesus. Yes, we have the gospel of your grace, your kindness 
shown to us in the finished work of the cross, but also as your people, you give us the best way to live. And you're concerned about abundant life now. And so you give us your word, you give us your truth. We thank you for that, Lord. I pray as we have studied each piece of it and where it convicts us that we'd respond in faith and where it encourages us that we'd respond in faith and where we're supposed to pass it on to others that we'd respond in faith. I pray, Lord, that we would become truly a peculiar people, a people that are not fit, not shaped like this world, but that we would stand based upon your truth and your wisdom. Lord, I pray for help. I pray for forgiveness where I have neglected your wisdom, where I've set aside your wisdom, where I've been not just ignorant, but I've been foolish with your wisdom. Lord, forgive us, and you do. And then restore and renew and make us glad, make me glad to walk out and to seek to to follow you in diligence and obedience, living according to your wisdom. Lord, I pray that we've been blessed as a church. I believe we have. Have. I pray, Lord, that this would bear fruit. And I I pray for older folks here that have heard and learned. I pray for for younger folks here, for parents here. And then, Lord, I, I pray especially for the young people here. Let them walk out with what the world can't give them, and that is godly wisdom. Let it become part of their mind, part of their makeup. Let it resonate in their hearts and let them walk in your wisdom. Lord, we come now and we shut this book and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.